0: Welcome to the Outside Right podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Football Travel Podcast from Outside Right. I'm editor Chris Lee and coming up in this show...
1: The aim of the Bundesliga was to have one league in order to improve international performances, not just for the national team, but also for the European Cups. And that it worked so well, so quickly that Germany reached another World Cup final in
0: 1966 was probably beyond everyone's expectations. We talked to football historian Christoph Wagner about the history and rivalry between England and Germany. Enjoy the Outside Right podcast. I'm joined by football historian Christoph Wagner. Welcome, Christoph. Good morning. Hello. Thanks for joining us. We're going to talk about the uh, complex relationship between England and Germany when it comes to football uh, throughout history and where it's going to go from here. Um, Do you want to just quickly introduce us to you and your work?
1: Okay. Yes, sure. Thank you. Um, As you've mentioned uh, previously, um, I'm a football historian from germany and obviously therefore my expertise will be in germany and uh, in german football history i have researched in depth the ongoing football relationship football rivalry between the english and the german national teams in the sporting press i have written my phd about this at the manford university in uh, leicester and have since become an editor of a football magazine in Germany called 120 Minuten, which is the only dedicated um, long read platform for
0: football texts in German. And that's the introduction for me for me. And I, I wrote a guest post for you about how Germany's kind of becoming a yes. bogey team in competition since 1966 and its solitary World Cup win. But the, what was it, 1970, that was the quarterfinals, uh, 82, it was the quarterfinals, 1990, famously semifinals. Euro semis in 96. Uh, England did manage to beat Germany in the group stages um, in 2000, which was obviously a low point for German football, losing to Kevin Keegan's England. And then (laughs) 2010, um, again, the 4 1 in South Africa, which could have turned out very differently uh, had we had goal line technology, but then you could say the same about 66 as well. So we look at this evolving relationship it's not just it was west german team as well i should say between 45 and 90 and this is something you've been studying let's go right back to the beginning then so how did this english game make its way to germany in the first place
1: well it's uh it's not really straightforward to be honest um there's a it's a it's a cultural exchange between germany and england we have to know that in the 19th century when the game when modern football um Emerge in England. Mm. Germany and England were um, on very good terms, had very good relationships. So tradesmen that were educated at public schools in England came to Germany or simply people migrated to Germany and they have seen the game. Either it was rugby or it was uh, association football. And they brought this idea with them to Germany. And on the other hand, you have Germans migrating to England Coming in, getting in touch with people from um, those public schools, Mm. seeing what they do on the sporting scene. And yeah, so there was a cultural exchange and it is known that in 1874, there was a... There were Some English expats in Dresden, in, in a town in the very southeast of Germany in Saxony, they established a an English football club in Dresden, a football society there. In the same in the same year, it was also it's also known that a German sports teacher, physical educator, um, called Konrad Koch, had two teams line up and let them play a game of football, but it was not soccer as we know it but it was rugby because the ball was um egg-shaped mm. but it's it is the most the, the major um fame for introducing football to germany goes to konrad koch but it's not 100 percent clear if it was him alone or if he had one or two um assistants there was there's his uh father-in-law mm. Reich, who was a military doctor in england who Obviously, New England and knew what they did on uh, in terms of sports. And there's also another um, a sports teacher called August Herrmann. Uh, it was him who ordered the balls in London. It, the, these three pro- probably have to be seen as the men who introduced football on a, on an official basis. Konrad Koch at the end was the one who translated the football rules and written and printed them in German. So. It's not 100% clear who was the initiator, and Conrad Koch, at the
0: end of the day, gets the fame for being, for having introduced the game to Germany. And he's the one who had a film made out of, um, about his life in, in 2011 called Der Traum." did I get that right? Lessons of a Dream, uh, is yes. known in English, um, which is nearly two hours long and dramatises how he got on at this Braunschweig school, was it, that, um, you know, where he introduced ball to people well it seems to be round ball in the film and you're saying it's egg-shaped in in, in probably in real life yes yeah, so I suppose it had to be a round ball in, in order to make yeah
1: people understand that it is football and not mm-hmm. rugby before
0: 1966 then which is obviously the modern era televised and everyone sort of knows that bit of history what was the rivalry like before that I mean people may know about the infamous salute the England team did um before the 1938 friendly but prior to West Germany's first world cup win in 1954 how are they matched were they evenly matched or what was it what was the relationship like well until 1968
1: so uh, until 50 years ago it was almost always a clear matter for england mm-hmm. um they they came close to be defeated in 90 in, in the 1930s um when germany were 3 nil up oh yeah but conceded conceded a late equalizer just the dying minute of the game to to and the game ended 3-3 and I think that was the first ever draw Germany managed to achieve against England mm. but until 1968 uh, it was always England winning those games and not just winning by 1-0 or 2-0 but it's like 3-1 or I think the first game ended in a 5 or 6-1, 2 so big oh, score lines and mm. Even the uh, 1966 World Cup, the scoreline of 4-2, is probably a bit misleading, I would say. <laughs> um, in what way? Well, I would say that Germany were equal. And oh, once, once Jeff Hurst scored his um, famous goal, I think that depleted Germany and they had no... Physically, they were there, but they were finished.
0: I mean, the, the Bundesliga kind of was kicked off in 1963, wasn't it? Do you think that that helped grow the national team
1: certainly so it was actually it was um the aim of the bundesliga was to have one league to in order to yeah improve international performances not just for the national team but also for the european cups and that it worked so well so quickly that germany reached another world cup final in 1966 was probably beyond everyone's expectations possibly helped by the fact that they were very good players at the hand of um, Helmut Schön. Like uh, uh, Franz Beckenbauer was coming through. Uh, You have Siegfried Held, Emmerich, the Dortmund striker. They were were very good players. Um, Stanley Buda. Uh, So, yes, again, the Bundesliga was introduced to help the national team, but at the same time, there were very good players emerging. Wolfgang Overath is another one. The aim of the Bundesliga was to help the national team to
0: perform better internationally. Then let's talk about the modern era now. How has this kind of England Germany relationship evolved since since that time? I, I'm I'm sure
1: most people will be will, will know roughly the, the the major games like 1970, 1972, 1990, 1996, uh, 2000. And that famous five-one in Munich in mm-hmm. two thousand and one. So, ever since the World Cup win for England in nineteen sixty six, it has changed. Obviously, um, Germany were still um, rega- regarding England as very as a very strong team. And in the nineteen seventies nineteen seventy in the quarter final in Mexico and the quarter final of the European Championship two years later nineteen seventy two it's england and germany were still on the on a on a par and not far apart not not far apart from each other and in 1970 england were unlucky it was one of those days where just it just went all wrong and you could blame Alf rumsey for taking charton off you could blame um banks for being sick who knows and in 1972 the scoreline at Wembley, when Germany beat England for the first time ever at Wembley, um, it was not till 10 minutes to the end that mm-hmm. Germany scored their second. So again, it's somewhat misleading saying three, one is a clear, it was a clear matter. No, it wasn't. It, yes. The style of Germany, how they played was of course, breathtaking. It was, people say that the 72 team was one of the best teams Germany ever had. Mm. Probably only toppled by the one that won the World Cup nineteen uh, in twenty fourteen in Brazil four years ago. How did the relationship evolve after that? I mean, the seventies were, from an English perspective, were a bleak decade. Really, weren't they? they did not yeah. qualify for any major tournament. Yeah, and they were always they always came out on top of England in that time until yeah two thousands when uh, after almost thirty years, no more than thirty years, um, England came. Well, it came ahead of Germany in the euro two thousand but it was po- it was pointless
0: because both teams were Im- eliminated by that by that time already. so <laughs> it was um yeah a pretty low point for both countries but obviously um there there seems to be a difference because Germany also has four world cups and four european championships and England hasn't even been in another final since there's something obviously going right about german football um the perception of how Germany is perceived as a country over here as well seems to have Changed and I'm um, do you put that down to the pop rising popularity of the Bundesliga in recent years probably I probably would say well many people have
1: discovered that um, <laughs> English football has it so, has become so expensive that mm. people would automatically look elsewhere and um, Yeah, they found probably France interesting Belgium Holland and Germany yeah and it's and it is good football and this has been helped a lot by the 2006 World Cup when I have been in England at the time and but people that I knew went to Germany and they came back wow it's such a great country and people were so friendly and I think that has helped a lot not just to increase the popularity of the Bundesliga but also of Germany as a country and you 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 said it in your in your uh, text that when you watch the 2014 World Cup in a bar in South London, to a man, the pub was supporting Germany. They were, and yeah. How, would you have told them, anyone, 40 years ago, they would have <laughs> They would have not believed what yeah. you
0: saying? I mean, that was just the one pub I couldn't speak for everywhere. But, you know, the two England's two biggest rivals are Germany and Argentina, traditionally, yeah, so but... the ones have got in the way. Um, of, uh, and, you know, there's other baggage that goes with those relationships. But at the same time, yeah, I think recent years, I mean, I, I'm only a, a kind of recent, recently discovered Germany in probably the last 10 years, certainly. I've been going to the Bundesliga at least once or twice a year if I can. Um, and just the atmosphere is just amazing. There's beer in your seat. <laughs> you don't get here, um, you know. It's it's there's loads of lessons, and we, we're mentioning how German Tifo, you know, fan behaviour is, is kind of finally um, helping influence fans over here to try and create kind of friendly ultra movements that create some kind of atmosphere. Um, so, we, if we address the elephant in the room? Then we've seen, obviously, recently, we've seen a return of some England fans in inverted commas uh, making idiotic. World War II references and booing the national anthem in, when they played it in Germany recently. Um, and it seems to be a wider trend as we saw in Amsterdam I and mean, fans in Amsterdam throwing bikes in the canals and things like that. Yeah, yeah. You've studied this. Um, so how much of a role do you think that, that Brexit had in, in bolder, emboldening these jingoistic elements? And likewise, do you think there's um, a danger that, in the rise of the far right in Germany that impacting German football at all? To be honest, I, I think... It's never really gone away, this kind of mm-hmm.
1: behavior and this kind of um, these, as you, you said, jingoistic elements. Um, I believe that people in, in the last two, three years feel emboldened yeah, by Brexit to state the, their opinion more, more aggressively and say, mm. and if they are criticized or if, if people look at them, they would respond. What am I not allowed to say this? This is how it happens and how it goes in Germany. And um, everyone nowadays in Germany says, "Well, look, am I not allowed to say this?" So you, I would not put my finger on it, but I I think for three years since the refugee crisis or the increase of refugees coming to Germany in Mm. late 2015, there's, there's, yeah, there's a, there's a certain aggression come returning. And not just from the from the right, it's even found in the mainstream media. And But I would still say this has never really gone away. I don't know where this is going, but it's not looking very positive
0: at the moment. Back on the pitch, then England could face Germany in the quarterfinal stage uh, in Russia. Um, how do you see that playing out? Do you think Germany will win that quite comfortably, or do you think they could be a surprise? Well, if England have their day,
1: like they had two years ago in Berlin, when they won 3-2, against Germany yes they could I was I was well surprised by England scoring two great goals Harry Kane turning between between two defenders and scoring and J- Jamie Vardy scoring a goal with his heel so if yeah, if those moments happen in a game at the World Cup for England um yeah why 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 not I I could it could happen but then England need to get their act together
0: Mm. they never do it in tournaments which is the opposite of germany so england peak between tournaments in friendlies like that and qualifying where they hardly you know hardly ever lose in qualifying Uh, and yet when they actually get to the tournament they don't really do anything at all i don't know if it's the pressure of the show it used to be that spain was a great international underachiever but they've obviously turned that around recently and kind of got to where they should be in terms of a trophy cabinet whereas england's is threadbare and, frankly, embarrassing. So, um need to start winning things. And At the youth level, they're starting to win tournaments. So, uh, you know, World Cup and the Under-17 World Cup and the yeah, Under-19 yeah. Euros. Yeah, last year was very successful for the youth England team. You're right. And
1: if if they keep going, if they get playing time, which is difficult in the Premier League, as everyone points out every, every time, after England crash out of another tournament, what surprises me is really uh, these most of the England players, they get so much playing time in the Champions League. They have—it's it's, a—it's a very common phrase. They have a cup final almost every week. Mm. They have an important game almost every week. They have the League Cup, FA Cup, Europa League, Champions League, the Premier League. So they have a lot on. And so I don't know why they can't get this mindset that they have for the league or for their club competitions onto the. Uh, well, they cannot cannot translate this into the national
0: team. Why? I don't know why they don't click. Brilliant. Well, thanks, Christoph. That's really insightful. Um, where can people connect with you online? People could connect with me at my
1: own blog, which is called mm-hmm. Um They can contact me on Twitter, which is uh, my Twitter handle is at WagnerC23. Mm-hmm. People understand German, they can contact 120 net as well.
0: Brilliant. Well, thanks for your time, Christoph. Thank you, Chris, for inviting me on your podcast. Thank you you find more travel guides over on Outside Right. That's W-R-I-T-E dot co dot U-K. And if you like what we're doing, do please give us some stars or a review on your chosen podcast provider. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. Just look for at Outside Right.